Good morning. In my Pentecostal tradition, we often open up saying, praise the Lord, saints, of which the congregation responds, praise the Lord. So I'll just say this, praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are living in an age of protest. In 2017 alone, we witnessed white supremacy publicly expressed in Charlottesville and people protested. We witnessed people protesting greed surrounding unrestricted gun laws in response to the 208 mass shootings that transpired in 2017. People protested the sharp increase in hate crimes against Muslims since Trump has taken office. We witnessed the horrific natural disasters that occurred in 2017, and many demanded that this society acknowledge that climate change plays a large role in the erratic patterns of our cosmos. We protested over the repeal of the Affordable Health Care Act, asking why this nation would align itself with health care being something only for the wealthy. And on a personal level, many of us protested our own circumstances. We lost a loved one and we asked why. We realized that a dream we had would not come to fruition, at least right now, but we gave up. And on a lighter note, some of you got the grade you didn't want from fall semester, and you have scheduled a meeting with the professor, what I refer to as a silent protest. 2017 was a year of heightened protest, of anger, of dreams deferred, of fear, even of loss. Well, we have now entered 2018, and personally, I want this year to be a year of hope for our communities, for our nation. I want this to be a year to dream dangerously about a different present and future marked by moral courage and a commitment to experience unspeakable joy despite our context of unspeakable suffering. Consider words about hope from ancient times. Let us listen again to what the psalmist says in Psalm 27. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And then verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The psalmist paints a picture of being enmeshed in a context of despair, uncertainty, hatred, and hostility. Although the psalmist says, do not fear, I must admit the irony of this passage, I often fear as a human being. We often fear as human beings. 
Yet in the midst of the tragic, in the midst of fearing, the psalmist ironically invokes hope. The psalmist says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. The psalmist invokes the power of faith in the face of fear, and not a kind of faith that is nostalgic and utopian, divorced from the hard realities of life. Rather, the psalmist speaks of a believing that lives in the throes of tragedy, a faith that walks the streets of anxiety and despair, yet refuses to let such despair have the last say. The psalmist believes this, that there is another word to be spoken. There is another song to be sung. God is with us. Now, I have always taken refuge in poetry. In fact, my first creative act at the age of seven was writing a poem. And for those that have taken my classes know I'm quite dramatic in my own teaching style. Well, there you go. My first creative act was seven years of age writing a poem. And I have been deeply impacted by the poetry of African-American civil rights activist, lawyer, and Episcopal priest, Pauli Murray. In her book of poetry, Dark Testament, Pauli says this about hope. Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty, a word whispered with the wind, a dream of 40 acres and a mule, a cabin of one's own and a moment to rest, a name and place for one's children and children's children at last. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Give me a song of hope and a world where I can sing it. Give me a song of faith and a people to believe in it. Give me a song of kindliness and a country where I can live it. Give me a song of hope and love and a brown girl's heart to hear it. What arrested my attention when I first read this poem was one of the vivid images Pauli Murray provides in the poem. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Imagine that. Hope desires to burst forth with fullness of life, although the pulse of life itself might be faint. Pauli Murray certainly knows about this hope. Consider Pauli's story. Pauli was three years old when her mother died in front of her from a cerebral hemorrhage. Her father then sent her to live with her maternal aunt. When Pauli was about six, her father was committed to the Crownsville State Hospital for the Negro insane, suffering from the effects of grief, anxiety, poverty, and illness. Some years later, a racist guard dragged her father into the basement of the hospital where he beat him to death with a baseball bat. Pauli was only 12. She once said that the most important fact about her childhood is that she was an orphan. Despite these childhood odds, by the time she graduated high school at 15, 
She was the editor-in-chief of the, of the school newspaper, the president of the Literary Society, class secretary, a member of the debate club, and the top student of her class. Whew, that sounds like many overachieving Princeton students I know. <laughs> She went to college and then entered Howard Law School, despite the fact that the university authorities at Howard did not want to admit her because she was a woman. A woman often denied because of her race and gender. Pauli knew what it meant to possess hope in a weary throat and the desire to sing a song of hope. And we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of King and much more broadly, the civil rights movement. And yes, we're doing that, but Pauli worked and blazed a trail for leaders like Martin Luther King Jr., even critiquing King and others for the kind of patriarchy that showed up in the leadership of the civil rights movement. Despite the weariness of being black and a woman, she maintained her song of hope within a societal context that often reflected a tuneless ditty. The work does not stop with Pauli. So much in this trumped up moment bears down on us, threatening to destroy our peace of mind, our joy for justice work when looking at the unrelenting forces of evil. Some days we question, at least I question, whether the work we do is effective, whether this work will bring about the transformation we so deeply yearn for. Doubts fill our hearts as we confront a lingering question, will things ever change? Being able to answer that question depends on understanding that our actions and efforts for a preferred future depend on whether we truly believe that God is with us, co-partnering with us to give us joy unspeakable as we participate in the redemptive work of love and justice. We must dream, that is, cast vision, and then have the faith that our visions are possible, even if we are not alive to see them to fruition. After all, isn't that the genius and the beauty and the sacrifice of those that have come before us? We must sing our songs of hope. This is what the psalmist and Pauli invite us to with their words, to not faint, to sing our song of hope, to experience joy unspeakable when the world around us fears, and to wait on God, knowing that God has the last say beyond the histories of the world. So in 2018, let us speak of new beginnings, otherwise beginnings. Let us not stop short because we have a weary throat. Weary throats are perhaps part of the inevitable process of life. What we can commit to is to allow hope to rise from our weary throats, to allow our visions of hope to emerge out of the exhaustion that we perhaps all feel in this moment, to allow signs of new life to bear witness to a world within our grasp, a grasp that depends on our faith to work and wait on God who is the author and finisher of our faith. My brothers and sisters, look for, believe, Trust that you have been given a song of hope. And we have also been given a world 
to morally imagine ourselves singing in it. So my friends, on this year, sing your song of hope. Amen. <laughs>